Hi everyone, it's Dr. Denise, and this is the Dr. Denise Show, the Embrace Your Neurostyle series, and I am so honored to have Maria Emmerich on with me today. She's a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She struggled with her health and weight throughout childhood, which led her to become such a passionate nutrition expert. And she says, my goal is to help transform people's lives and start living again. Maria specializes in brain neurotransmitters and how food can increase mental wellness. Her expertise has sent her around the world speaking about ketogenic diets. She's also cooked with Halle Berry and writes for Halle's websites. And you can find her at ketomaria.com. So Maria and I... We're having such a compelling first part of this discussion. And what happened is we were talking about getting triggered, her early childhood. And I just realized when I was launching the show that part of our interview got cut off. But the part that's the longest part was just in such flow state that I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. So we're going to just pick up right when we, she and I were talking about getting triggered and that can be anything. It can be when someone tells you you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too this. And right as we were having this discussion and she was talking all about her, her issues with nutrition, we got cut off. And now I'm just going to jump right into the interview and I might even have her come back on so we can do that first part, but here we go. Okay, so I was just saying that you used the word trigger earlier, and I think for all of us, whether we're looking what like a certain body type, certain look, certain curve, certain slender, whether we're teens or adults, the media has a lot of judgment. So I think one of the oh. things I think that's so important is that self-love and health. Would you agree that those two terms are like and awareness, awareness and self-love are huge about this whole health journey that you've been on. A hundred percent, because you know what? Now that I'm not overweight, people make fun of me for my size still on the opposite end. And it hurts just the same. Being called thunder thighs was hard and being called anorexic is hard. And they just, I mean, they're just not happy with themselves, but it still hurts. Well, I'm glad we're talking about this because um, I probably, I I try not to trigger my own perfectionism. I want to tell everyone that a lot of times when we're dealing with nutrition, because I'm an adult and child psychiatrist and I've helped many people that do have anorexia, bulimia, but usually, you know, it's all an integrative system of self-love, right? And I probably have lost 30 pounds in the last hundred and something, but I don't, I'm not trying to make it like that because I know that we need like people in the way the earth game works, like the before and after and wants the numbers. But even before I started this new nutrition awareness, because I was doing um, vegetarian with fish, swimming six days a week, very healthy. I was very blessed to not have any health issues. 
And I scheduled my physical exam May 9th, 35 days into doing carnivore. And my hemoglobin A1C is 4.8. My blood pressure is 110 over 70. I'm very blessed to have health. But I get triggered when someone's like, oh, you're starting to look skinny now. And just so I just wanted to say that I'm not, I mean, I'm very, I have these curves and these muscles. And so I just like to focus on the word health. Yeah. Because I, when I was in middle school, I went through a time because I've always had that um, kind of more voluptuous look where I starved myself. And I haven't really told people a lot about that because I didn't want it to be a victim mode. I wanted it to be like a health mode. And, And I feel like you and I have so many like mirroring and I want everyone to think about their own relationship, whether you're tall, short, have a little bit of a belly you want to get rid of. But if you really just start to tell yourself, I want to love myself and I want to be healthy and I want to be non-judgmental of myself and others, I feel like that's where all the magic starts. Would you agree? Oh, so true. So true. I mean, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something and you just have to let it go. You know, you just have to let it go. And it's just... So, so let's get in this moment of now people have a little window into our, um, devotion to health and well-being. And this particular series is called embrace your neuro style and beyond. And I want you to understand that, that my definition is that we all process and perceive our environment in our own unique way. And that's the fabulous five biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and sixth sense intuition. Maria has been a champion of listening to her own inner voice, her own intuition, has used scientific data to get her health messages out to her own, to the audience, to the world, and millions of people. And I would love it right now, Maria. I want to just say thank you to Charles Maddox. I met you by watching Reversed. Oh, And also I was invited to join you guys, but at the time I, I too am an adoptive mom and we have a whole little connection there. That's really beautiful. That's awesome. But how old are your kids? Well, my son just turned 14 this week and my happy birthday. Thank you. It's 12. So they're about a year and a half apart. Do you have two boys? Yep. They said, which one do you want? And we said both. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to, I want to do another show about being adoptive moms. Does that sound good? My son just turned 14. And so right at the time Charles asked me to go, my son was at this crucial tipping point and I'm a single mom where he really needed me. And by the way, he now he's so into his own fitness. I feel like he could be part like if, when, and if that happens, he can come join us. Does that make sense? But like my 14 year old, um, he is so strong. He was around a bunch of, he, we homeschool and he went to football practice for high school this week. This is his first experience with these children. Mm-hmm. And what is every day an ab day or a chest day? Because he's he's just ripped. But it's <gasps> been- Oh, my he- gosh. My I son, mean- if you, you know what? After the show, we'll talk. But, I mean, uh, we have something. By the way, everyone, ding, 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 ding. We will, we will be back on our sons and their devotion to health. Yes. Because my son's reaching his own limits that I just posted about. And so I just want to circle back to like all the things I was just opening up your, your, by the way, I am not 
your avatar powers in the kitchen are like She's superstar status to the point where I'm like, can I teleport her? And I already started envisioning the day I get to be in the kitchen with you because I like, that's not one of my superpowers. So when I opened up, I decided to open up carnivore today because I have been doing following a very big meat based, very simple intermittent fasting to start. And I really think it's important because I had as a doctor and with everyone, I had been had false beliefs yeah. around red meat, around what it does to the environment. Oh, and yeah. I was told a long time ago, Denise, you're not eating enough protein. And I will tell you within the first month of switching over to intermittent fasting and having, I kept it really simple because I'm not uh, Maria in the kitchen. Um, I like was so excited that I turned my stove on this many times in the last 118 days. But I started feeling, I will tell you, I was already a very energetic, happy person. But the minute my body started getting the fuel it needed for my metabolism, it started getting happier. And I could feel more joyful, more focused, more clear. I felt like my body was in the state of working the most efficiently. I was even telling my mom, my mom's like, Denise, you get a lot done anyways. I go, but mom, it's different. The things that I would procrastinate before, it's almost like I wanted to do them. Like this type of fueling of my body through this metabolism and what you specialize in. And I did the research. I read uh, Dr. Sean Baker's book, Ken Berry. I watched your show. I kind of retrained my own brain because when Charles first said, do you want to come to Costa Rica and you're going to be eating steak for a week? He asked me this on my own show. I wasn't ready yet because I was so into just parenting my son and I thought I was already on the good path with my nutrition. I'd already accepted that this is how you look when you just eat vegetarian and fish and swim. I kind of was even having my own self-love tour, even with that a little bit extra weight. So I just want to tell you, I wanted to thank you for helping uh, you, Charles, the whole world of paradigm progression pioneers in nutrition, helping me with my neuro style adapt to being open-minded to a new way of thinking about nutrition. Well, that's, what's great about you. You are open-minded and not everybody is. They have their beliefs and the door is shut. That's where the problem is. Um, and that's usually like the people who make fun of my size, they're often vegans. And I'm like, well, maybe we just need to be a little bit nicer. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I want to wrap love around you because you and Charles did do, um, a bit of a vulnerable share on a reel where he was very compassionate as you guys were filming and people were doing judgment based on your slender look. Yeah, And I can tell you this, because when and if you and I are on camera together, no matter what type of uh, carnivore versus ketogenic, I have a, one of those very curvy builds. And I, I think I look beautiful. And I think you look beautiful. And I think um, I've done, I was asked by this Alomi lingerie to do a live limitless health and wellness part of the campaign as the doctor. And it's really about self-love. So I'm glad that we're talking about this and it's almost fortuitous that we're doing audio only to start uh-huh. just hearing our voices. So people don't have to judge. Oh, what does Maria look like? What does Dr. Denise look like? Cause immediately we're trained because 
um, the milieu environment of the world, the world focuses on beauty and has a certain standard. And even all the people I know, no matter how beautiful you are, there's still going to be judgment. So I'd like to invite people to get away from the judgment because when you have judgment, you're getting in your way of health. You know, speaking of that, I had a client who was 105 pounds and she was a type two diabetic and she was having such bad blood sugars that she was having strokes. She was a 35 year old, beautiful woman that was 105 pounds. Mm. Nobody thinks when they looked and she said, Maria, I wish I would gain weight when I cheated because we are a vain society. We usually don't change things until it shows up on our outward appearance. But she said, she's like, I'm killing myself. Wow. So let's discuss, do you want to pick if we're, I always imagine the day when I'm on stage with like a game show thing where we're like spinning it and I pick a new wheel each day and I'm like, dun, dun, dun. Are we going to discuss the sugar myth busting? Dun, dun, dun. The red meat. Dun, dun, dun. The thinking. So I think the most important thing before we get some real great data from Maria right now is sensory perception, everyone, that you need to challenge your own belief system what health looks like to you. And by the way, my ex-husband's doing um, vegan and he is very healthy. And I know there's this vegan versus carnivore versus keto. And I want to just invite everyone to talk about health and that we're just blessed to have Maria here talking about keto, carnivore, um, less processed foods, less sugar. So I'd love for you to, do you want to deep dive? Which one do you want to pick first? The sugar myth busting or the red meat? What? Where would you like to start? Well, does anybody think sugar is healthy? I don't know if there's a myth. Okay, so we don't. We can just go right on to the other. Let's just do the top <laughs> other myths. We so, agree, everyone. That I mean, sugar. Yeah, I think everybody knows sugar's bad. Well, and I also think I like to even when we're paying attention to our words, the word neurostyle versus neurodiverse and neurotypical. So even the word sugar, bad versus good, let's take us on a journey of anti-inflammation. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to say the bad word. No, I'm having fun with you. Okay. You and I are having our universe conversation. Well, it was just one of the latest books I wrote was called Sugar-Free Kids. Oh, I love it. It's a keto keto book for kids, but really adults love it too. Most adults who don't even have children say it's their favorite book of mine, but- it was called, Halle Berry wrote it with me, and we called it Sugar-Free Kids because nobody wants a keto kids cookbook, but they all, they all want their kids to get off sugar. So it was much more well-received calling it a sugar-free kids book, even though when I look at bread and pasta and rice, that's sugar to me too. So it was a sugar-free kids cookbook in all ways. I love it. So educate people on what the ideal balance of nutrition is for most humans on the planet. Because I know that some people do have different metabolizing and have allergies, and I want to make sure we're being really open. But can you take us in the window of how you view nutrition for all ages at this moment of now? Well, I don't know if you can hear that. I can, but it's okay. We're okay. We're, ad- we're adapting, everyone. If mommy's not cooking in the kitchen. The other people are. <laughs> um, that's all right. Uh, it's a little distracting. I'm sorry. Is it a timer? 
No, it's a fire alarm. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah. as, as long as it's, the house isn't burning down during the show. You say it all calm, like, oh, no, um, I don't want to disturb the show, but the house might be burning down. No, so, no, no, no. It's a, it's I know good. exactly what's going on. There's okay, no, we're good. So uh, It's quiet now. Um, so I do like to, yes, sure, we're all different, but our bodies work pretty much the same. You know, there's hormonal imbalances, this and that, but what our bodies prioritize nutrient-wise, they're the same. They just are. So what I like to tell people is there are essential fatty acids, and that comes from fat. They are essential because you need to eat them. Your body can't make them. There's also essential amino acids, which come from protein. They're essential because your body can't make them. You need to eat them. There are no essential carbohydrates. Your body can run perfectly without them. You do need some glucose, but you can make that from protein. It's not needed to eat sugar. So that's what I want everybody to understand. My children, they are some great athletes. I myself have run marathons in a, you know, a total carnivore state where I'm not getting any carbohydrates. My children pretty much eat, you know, in a carnivore way, um, without, you don't need carbohydrates for energy. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, but I'm not sure if I answered your question. completely. No, I want to just say this, that the big myth busting is what is proper nutrition? What is health? What does the body need? How do we have prevention? So I'm just going to review that we need essential fatty acids, essential amino acids, and we do not really, the, the big myth busting is that the car, the carbohydrate story of yeah. carb loading before a big workout, all this, that that's something that now modern day science fast forward to, but by the way, my understanding is it takes almost a decade before this type of science-based decision-making gets into mainstream mindset, correct? Oh yeah, it does. So you, you're helping break that myth. So tell us about the journey that you're on and how you help clients to start to embrace a new way of thinking. Because I think that's the most important thing is your own sensory perception and challenging yourself to rewire a myth that you believed. I mean, when I told someone, oh, I've been doing this for 30 days, like, oh my God, red meat, you're going to die. Like, like, so how about the you're eating red meat, you're going to die myth bus? Let's talk about that because you, you've got a lot of science about that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at where the nutrients are, if somebody puts a plate of kale in front of you, a plate of blueberries in front of you or a steak in front of you, which one has the most nutrients? I know no steak does, right? Yeah. yeah. We by a lot. Like, And what's interesting is kale mm -hmm. has a lot of oxalates. And oxalates bind to nutrients, build up in different areas of the body. Usually the kidneys cause a kidney stones. Oxalates are not your friend. Oxalates cause a lot of pain for people. This is exactly why we ventured into carnivore because my husband was dealing with an illness and he didn't want to have pain anymore. He had Lyme disease and um, carnivore saved him. It was, he, it's just, I, I was too once in this spot where, oh, you have to have fiber to poo, right? Correct. No, no 
you don't. Newborn babies, they poo all the time. They don't get any fiber. And if you look into when I work with clients who have diverticulitis, Crohn's or colitis, what's the first thing a doctor even tells them to do? Cut out the fiber, right? Mm -hmm. Fiber is becoming a nuisance on our body, creating a lot of these intestinal disorders. Um, So fiber is not needed to go number two. And it's not the healthy nutrient that we once thought it was. Right. So I feel like I agree with you. So I think just retraining. So I like to, and I know you do too, just take the scientific method. So when you're trying out and listening to a show for the first time, or like when Charles said to me, he threw it on me during one of the show I was interviewing him. Do you want to go eat steak for a week? I'm like, Oh my Uh, gosh. I initially go ahead. I made more, I was, I was cooking, not just on the show, uh, but I cooked too. And I made way, I made my carnivore lasagna. You don't have to eat just steak. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Because I have to tell you because of my, um, your, my mom was so excited when you sent me the cookbooks Aww. because she knows, and I just called her before the show. I'm like, mom, I'm about to talk to Maria. <laughs> and like last night I broke my, um, not broke. I'm still on ketosis. But I decided to have Brussels sprouts. And my mom was so excited because she knows that my neuro style can get very perfectionistic. And I said, oh, I'm just at this point. She's like, oh, phew. I said, well, I'm talking to Maria, but I have your um, carnivore cookbook and your keto cookbook. And I think everyone's like sometimes when you start a different nutrition plan, if you're not as gifted in the kitchen and you do have foods, I did, I have enjoyed steak ground beef, dairy. I've done a very nice introduction to all this and I actually feel better than ever. Um, I'm so happy because my son looks great. It's all, it's really lovely, but then I want to add some other foods and just learning how to do that. I think everyone, if you get Maria's cookbooks and you like really take the scientific method, you, you make it like your cookbooks, the photos are beautiful the recipes are amazing. The calorie breakdown. I mean, how, like, are you like, I mean, you're very talented at presenting everything. It's not just myself. Um, Craig does all the nutrition. He does the meal planning. I could not do what I do without him, you know, cause sometimes they wanted me to push out three books in a year and without Craig, it would have been a really hard time because people, you know, people don't realize they're like, Oh, it's just a cookbook. I've written both nutrition books without recipes and cookbooks with recipes. And let me tell you, the recipe cookbooks are so hard. Not only is it hard to write the recipes, it's hard to perfect the recipes. I have 10 recipe testers. It's very expensive because a lot of recipes fail and that, you know, is just wasted food and wasted money. And I've broken so many dishwashers writing all those books. People think, oh, I have to buy her book. I have thousands of free recipes, which you're free to do that. But I also donate books to most libraries. But people don't realize how much burden it takes, not only on my pocketbook, but my family. Time away from them, working nonstop. You know, it's intense. Well, I just want to celebrate because I have that level of gratitude and I'm here holding your book. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Craig, thank you for being such a love of Maria and your kids. I love the joyful, but like I just opened up to like tuna salad 
And when you open it up, the way it looks, everyone is on the right side. There's this gorgeous picture where you're like already getting hungry. So like the photography of making this so exciting is amazing. And then I love the way it just to the left puts the simple ingredients for my neuro style that gets freaked out with like five or more ingredients. It kind of lets you choose which one you want to dabble in. Is that and the easy the, free one? What'd you say? Is that the easy dairy free book? Um, this is the carnivore cookbook oh, I'm on okay. page 152 and it's tuna salad. And it's so lovely the way you write the instructions. It's so easy for the eye and not overwhelming for someone like me. Like if you and I were starting to ever, Dr. Denise is coming in the kitchen and be like, I put music like dun, dun, dun. She might start a fire. So like to me, (laughs) no, but to me, I just want to be grateful. And then I also, the very beginning of the carnivore book, I thought I'd just start with talking about that. I love the way you did myth busting on red meat. Yeah. And the fact I'd like to just say, can you comment It's in your book, the carnivore cookbook that you and your husband did, but can you comment on the lack of scientific data that, that goes against red meat? Cause there's really a lot of myth busting that I think is important to kind of give a little thumbs up for what you know. Well, this is why you want Craig on, because he is the scientist of the family. Literally, he is, he is a scientist. Um, so you would love to have him on, because he's very, he's beautiful at explaining the science in a way that doesn't make you feel dumb, but it doesn't also talk over you either, you know? That's why he's just magnificent in that way. But um, the science, um, all of it is basically epidemiological studies where it's, it's false information. It's not true. They skew the studies to what they want it to read. They throw out the evidence showing otherwise. So it looks like, yes, red meat will cause heart disease. Red meat will cause cancer, which no, it really doesn't. And if you look at what your, your bones are made out of, I would say one of the biggest things I see, cause I work with like postmenopausal women most of the time, that's that, you know, they want to lose weight and sleep again and all of that. And if you, and they usually have osteopenia, osteoporosis. If you look at what our bones are made up of, they're made up mm-hmm. of mineralized protein. So step number one is to eat more protein, less sugar, obviously, cause sugar is a bone robber. Um, but like everything your but your body's built for protein, a third of your body's collagen, you know, like it's just, you, but we're, we're moving further and further away from eating animal protein. And what's interesting is, okay, you're a vegan. So you do pea protein. You have to eat twice as much pea protein, which is very processed in itself to get. So if it says 20 grams of protein per scoop of pea protein, you really only net 10. Because the bioavailability of that protein is half as what an animal protein would be. I'm listening very carefully. Okay. And I'm on page 49 of the Carnivore Cookbook by Maria and Craig Emmerich. Yeah. And here's a big myth buster. And it's, I love the way it's written, everyone, because it says dispelling the myths about meat. Yeah. Then the tagline is, does meat cause cancer? And this is a very important paragraph I'm going to read out loud. Um, many people believe that eating red meat, 
especially processed meats, leads to higher cancer risk and other health issues. They point to a few studies that were that they say support these claims. But as is always the case with studies, the devil is in the details. Two important factors in evaluating a study are its funding and methods. I'm going to say that two more times. Funding and methods, funding and methods. So I think this statement is a global truth, whether we're talking about nutrition, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking about the clothes we wear, the different things we can do in mental health. And what I love about your and Craig's approach is that there's a, it's an outline of sort of challenging people to look at where are you getting your data? What's your sensory perception? And I like to invite people before they turn on the news or they have a conversation with anyone to have an open mind and to be curious yeah, and to not just right away believe everything you hear. And I feel like your new book with um, the sugar-free kids cookbook, I feel like if we start with our children to have them question, my son is always questioning, well, should we believe this? I feel like once we start doing that, we become better stewards of our own health. So true. It's so true. Yeah. Okay. So can you take us on any other myth busting nutrition, like the most common things when people call you to work with you, when you're doing a a cookbook, when you're working with Hallie, what are some of the other myth busting things that maybe we haven't covered yet? Is there anything that we're missing? I will say like, I do work around um, like what their needs are. Like obviously there's autoimmune issues. And in that case, hundred percent dairy free, gluten-free, obviously none of my recipes have that. Um, But I do work with people in India and for a lot of them, they are vegetarian for religious reasons. They understand, they know that meat is healthy. They don't think it's unhealthy, but for religious reasons, they won't eat it. So I do work around that and make sure we get enough protein in without eating meat um, and doing vegetarian and we make it work. Right. Um, But, oh gosh, some of the biggest myths. Um, Yeah. Wait, 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 before you go there, I love that because I have been very fortunate to go to India twice. And I was doing, I was very fortunate to be a guest speaker at the Dalai Lama's Body Mind Life Conference on nurturing children's mental health. And at the time I was mostly a pescatarian and the sacredness of, you know, how they revere, you know, not the, the cow and just all of that. So for me personally, when I started eating meat, I always say a prayer and I thank the animal. And I was told by the Buddhist monk Lama Tenzin Chagall that the Dalai Lama says that food is medicine and sometimes people need to make different choices. So whether you're in India or it's sacred and even the word carnivore for me, this is the most I've ever said that word ever in the last, it can almost offend people with their belief system. So I like to say health and nutrition but I do a sacred pause before I have my meal to kind of bless the animals, bless the plants and thank them. So we really have reverence. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that I'd love to hear more about the the other wonderful book cookbook that I'm not at in my own phase yet of nutrition because I just started Brussels sprouts, but oh. the keto comfort foods and maybe like being um, ketogenic and vegetarian and, and what are some of the food choices and how you help people navigate 
their sacred beliefs? Well, I would say for me, my goal is for them to eat, hit their protein macro. Like that's really important because that's the building blocks to so many things. It's going to help them to sleep. It's going to help them to build muscle. It's going to help them to lose fat, um, which are, you know, 99% of people that come with me want to do that. Um, especially like even like the woman who was 105 pounds, the goal to reverse her insulin resistance was to gain muscle. So there's more places for the glucose to go and lose fat because her fat cells, she doesn't have a lot of them, but they're stuffed full. That's what insulin resistance is. You can be any size and have that. So you that's don't have another to- myth busting. People do it based on looks and not just health. Oh, yeah. oh, my husband, he's really, he's skinny as a rail. He can eat all of the candy he wants. Like, well, you really think that that's a healthy way to live? Because if you look at his numbers, he's probably living with pre-diabetes right now. Um, but a lot of people think that because they're thin. Well, this is the whole Asian paradox. Mm-hmm. Uh, the largest group of people I'm working with are Asian. Why? Because they're very thin, but they have type two diabetes. Why? They don't have a lot of fat cells. The one they have are stuffed full. That's such a great analogy. I almost picture like a cartoon meme. If I could just clap my hands, like Alexa, please yeah. get me a picture of a skinny person with fat cells filled with glucose. Like, so I just want to say that's wonderful vision of everyone trying to look at not their outer appearance, but think about them, themselves on a cellular DNA standpoint. And you just talked about the right combo of fatty acids, essential amino acids, and the goals of having the right amount of muscle and right. losing fat. So I think that these are some core ingredients that are for all of us. Right. Like and- even vegetarian or not, you have to hit your protein goal. That is the most important thing. So you can gain muscle while losing fat. So insulin resistance. So let's talk about that. When you, when people are like, well, what's ketogenic, you can go online and say, well, most people get into ketosis with less than 50 grams of carbs, but that can vary. And for me, it was just simple just to do carnivore. Cause I knew I was getting no sugar and no, just to really jumpstart the engine, so to speak it became super simple because I knew I wasn't messing up. And when I look at ketogenic for myself, <clears throat> your cookbooks make it easy. But for my neuro style of cooking, I was like, oh, carnivore is going to be easy to start for me because I don't know how to measure everything. So can you walk us through how you help people to kind of maybe go back and forth or because um, I feel like being flexible and healthy um, allows us to make it like a new healthy habit instead of, I don't like the word diet. I like to think about it lifestyle change. Well, I start with what is your why? Because what is your why is going to help me determine what your lifestyle is going to look like. I don't want to say diet. Um, because if, like I said, 99% of people come to me because they want to lose weight. Carnivore is not an automatic weight loss. It's usually, it's great for, some severe, you know, autoimmune issues, uh, diverticulitis, Crohn's and colitis, you'd want to do carnivore, uh, but probably level one or two, which is no dairy, no eggs, because those are common allergens that for sure with autoimmune, you'd want to cut those out for sure with diverticulitis and Crohn's and colitis, you'd want to cut out the dairy, which then it's a very limited diet. And a lot of people quit. So I usually like to do 
uh, my version of a ketogenic diet where there are some flavor bombs in there. I use onion and garlic. Um, I don't go heavy on any vegetable. However, the flavors I add to the recipes are not considered carnivore, but it gives you a much wider variety of options to eat. So it doesn't get so boring. Um, and it, you know, can keep life interesting. Um, and then once we decide, um, my husband, Craig, I told you he's a scientist, he created this really awesome website where you can, there's about 50 different buttons on my website and you can pick dairy-free, nut-free, egg-free, whatever we decide. Oh, wow. Is this so on the Keto Adaptive site or which? Yeah, it's on my member site, Keto-Adapted. And then whatever we decide, egg-free, you know, nut-free. Um, and then you can even say, oh, I want slow cooker recipes only because I don't like to cook. I want Instapot recipes. I want breakfast recipes. I want whatever you can filter all of that. And then it gives you thousands of recipes that fit within those guidelines. Wow. And you can drag them into your meal planner and then it will give you automatically give you the carbs, fat, calories, protein breakdown. And then I can say, Oh, this one doesn't fit in there. Pick a different one, you know, and we just go from there. And then I think once you get a week down, you know, I think as in families, we, I remember we ate the same thing on Tuesdays. We had taco Tuesdays. We had pork chop night on Wednesdays. You just have to change your routine to fit the macros that I give you. And it, it works really well. People, they were like, oh my gosh, I never thought my family would join me on this. And they love it. I, I know what, and they look happy. Your pictures with your husband and your children, oh, you guys you. look like you're radiating love and light and connectedness. You're and sweet. I think a lot of times when people think about healthy lifestyle changes, they think, oh my gosh, something's being taken away from me. So I think well, one, go ahead. Here's the thing. So I can tell that you are a very positive person and how you treat um, obstacles is a very good indicator if you're going to make it through it or not. Like when someone told me, Maria, you can't have your own children. Did I just mope around and be like, Oh, poor me, this and that. No, I was like, we, I want to adopt children. And I made that decision very early on. And I was very excited to do that. Same thing with food. When someone was like, Oh, Maria, you, you can't eat sugar or carbohydrates again. When I was thinking about, you know, how to change my lifestyle, I didn't mope around. Like, oh, I can't have any rice anymore. I can't have any bread anymore. I was like, Psh, I'm going to make my rice different. I'm going to make yes. bread. And you have to think that way if you want to be successful. So if you want to be whiny about it, you're probably not going to make it. And nobody's going to want to be around you either. <laughs> By the way, your way are just so direct with your delivery. Um, this is like, dur, dur, dur. I'd be like, okay, everyone, Maria's coming on set. And if you're a whiner, you mm -hmm. might, it might be more difficult. Like it's just fun to be a little edgy. So well, it's, it's it was, about sensory perception again, right? Like your attitude that you bring to the table. It is. And so maybe it's a little hard to hear at first, but, and sometimes I need to hear it too, Denise, like stop being a whiny, crabby person, Maria, like just, you know, like buck up. It's really not that bad. It's a first world problem. We all have to be reminded of that sometimes, don't you think? Oh my goodness, 1000% yes. And plus, one of the most important things too is that we're supposed to have fun when we're yeah. doing things. So like, you know, being a little bit 
self-deprecating, uses using words like whiners or mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're just knocking someone off the pl- like the platform, but you're just it's a fun way of being playful. So I think the other oh. thing I want people to realize is when you're deciding your health plan, your nutrition plan, figure out what's going to work because sometimes there's a big pre-contemplation phase. Right. And I feel like when my son was really needing like about 90 minutes to two hours of my time every night after I finished patients, because he was going through navigating social things, girls having crushes on him. I couldn't imagine getting on a plane and leaving him at that time because I'm raising him on my own. And then I thought, well, I'm so proud of everything Charles has done. I believe in his heart center, his team, his people. And I felt like tackling my own nutrition myth busting was my next level because I was like, Denise, but you're beautiful. You're healthy, which is great. I feel very blessed that even X amount of pounds ago, I was in health, but I wanted to optimize my own genetics because on both sides of the family, there's diabetes, there's, you know, there was substance dependence. I was leading a healthy uh, pescatarian nutrition plan, but I was malnourished on the protein end. So now I've taken my health to my own new next level. And I think when people are looking at what health looks, the word health is non-judgmental. I think the way that people sell products and engage in the world of media is a lot of fear-based things. And so that those kinds of words that are more fear-based or you're this or you're that are what unfortunately triggers more the primal animal brain. Yeah, right? yeah. totally. And I do want to say too, like the whole whininess, like, yeah, I was being a little harsh there, but if someone would tell me I had to eat salmon every day, I'd be so whiny. I would fail at that diet because I'd rather starve myself than eat salmon. I do not like it. So I'm really good at finding, okay, what do you like gummy bears? Because I have a really good gummy bear recipe. Like whatever, I have a pop tart recipe, my friends. Like I'm really good yeah, at- Let's go there. I want to just, before we wrap up, because Maria is, and, and Craig, thank <laughs> you for honoring the Maria and Craig duo. The level of exciting recipes. I mean, I'm just going to list, I have- I'm holding the keto comfort foods and just like Creole catfish, halibut smothered in creamy lemon dill sauce, country fried steak and gravy, herb roasted chicken, turkey meatloaf cupcakes, OMG stuffing cupcakes. I mean, Italian sausage soup. I mean, this is like these, the, the level of detail, the level of love, the level of creativity Parmesan chips. I mean, you are you have a protein bread. Uh, I was yeah. like, then I was like, oh man, I wish she was my neighbor. I'd yeah. have Maria. I'm like, do you have a, any um, things in the works for like your own food line or anything um, uh, where meals can get delivered, or is that so like too much? I, I feel like you're so gifted. Yeah, I I don't. If somebody wants to do that, uh, I did have a dude that was making exclusively my recipes and. He would just, you know, have them on his website, mail them frozen. He was a chef and it, he also dealt with his own bipolar issues and things and he fell through. But like, I don't really, I don't need it. I don't have time to do it, but if somebody's interested in doing it, I would be, I would love to help out. Perfect. So right before we wrap up, you just mentioned a chef with bipolar. And one of the things that you're a champion of 
is mental wellness and neurotransmitters. And I want to just deep dive on some of the things I talked about and my own feeling on this nutrition, being in ketosis, how clear my thinking's even clearer than ever, my mood's even brighter. Can we talk about some of the changes you've seen when people shift their nutrition in this direction? You know, we all have, we have different neurotransmitters and finding out like which area they're low in, and you can be low in more than one, dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine, like do you have a lack of drive? What is it? Uh, a lot of it will pinpoint to different amino acids that come from the brain, like, you know, dopamine and serotonin, those come from amino acids, right? So when you fuel the body properly and get rid of that sugar, it just runs like a beautiful engine. But of course, there's other issues. Like, do you have a histamine response, which can be caused from meat sitting in the refrigerator? Like histamines are from a lot aged meats, aged cheeses. Like histamines are a true issue and histamines can block serotonin. Um, you know, how is your gut, your gut lining? Because the gut is where serotonin comes from. We, you know, people thought it was in the brain, but it comes from the gut. So if you have a damaged gut or if it's inflamed with too much sugar or carbohydrates, or could it be dairy? Could it be gluten? Could it be grains? You know, like finding out what's causing that. I'm sorry, but no food is worth eating for 15 minutes of pleasure in your mouth. And having weeks and months and years of depression and sadness and, you know, anxiety. Um, one of my favorite people I ever met was I was at a book signing in Colorado. And this teenage girl came up to me just weeping. And she Aww. said, Maria, I have so much anxiety. I would be hospitalized if it weren't for you. And I was like, what did I do? And she's like, your recipes changed my life. And I'm able to come to such an event like this. And it was just like, wow. For a wow. Yeah, that was so cool because, yeah, it's great when people lose 100, 200 pounds. But when you can save someone from having such sadness and anxiety in their, their life, that's, that's giving me goosebumps right now. Oh, no. With, with absolute hand on my heart. I mean, I'm... I have over 50,000 hours of working with children, teens, and adults. And when people share their inner world to me, and whether it's their panic, their OCD, you know, symptoms of bipolar, um, I do have all the tools in the toolbox of holistic health. And what you just said, I feel like the your newest endeavor with the sugar-free kids that we can help with anti-inflammation in, in that wonderful soul that confided in you that she broke through her own anxiety. I just had a talk with someone that's going to be a senior in high school last night, and they've done every test as to why she has low energy. But her mom told me in another appointment that she's eating processed food. She's got sugar hidden. And yeah. even though she's this athlete, that's a star athlete, her own uh, lay of the land nutrition plan, I think is what's hurting her energy. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we did a non-judgmental, amazing session last night. And I, talked about meds that can help, but I said to her, and I didn't want her to think I was judging how she looked or anything. So with kid gloves, I talked about food as mind medicine, anti-inflammation, 
And if she could just for one month do elimination and not have processed foods and limit her sugar, I said, I, there's no way I can just hand you this prescription without you kind of joining me in the scientific method of getting rid of some of the foods that I think are causing decreased energy. Yeah. So I feel like that your book, your mission, but not your book, your, your journey, your (laughs) humility, your scientific method, your positivity. I just want the world to think of food as mind medicine more and you get it. And somehow your recipes, they like jump off the page. You're, you're so sweet. You made my day so much. So thank you. Can you give us some more um, just examples of people who have shifted their mood or had less anxiety and some a couple more wins before we let you go so people can really think about this when they're picking their choices? Yeah, I have a, a different type of win, which is really cool. Um, I used to go to Body Pump, which is like a weightlifting class at the YMCA. And this woman would come in all the time and her name was um, Kiki. And she would wear a bandana because she had no hair. And she was a professor, so she was only in during the summer months when I was lifting. And she's like, Maria, I want to hire you. And I was like, okay. So she came into my office and we had a good old chat. And she told me she had alopecia. And I said, "Um, have you ever thought about giving up dairy and gluten? She's like, no. I said, well, let's do that. Here, you're going to eat this. I told her what to eat. And I, you know, she... Most clients keep in contact and we meet more often. Well, she just kind of disappeared. Six months later, she came back to the gym and she had her dumb bandana on and she came up to me, tears running down her eyes and she ripped her bandana off. She said, Maria, I had my first haircut in the last 10 years. (gasps) She had a full, just a scraggly head of hair. It was a full head of hair. I have pictures and like that was so cool but you know what's sad huh she loved her ice cream so much she went back to her own ways and i was like as a female i love my hair and there's nothing that i would eat to make my hair go away i don't know but this just deep breath excitement that she reached that success but then this is also where it's the mind body soul game And when I'm working with my clients and what I'm my intention and continue to do with the Dr. Meese show is really invite the different paradigm progression pioneers like yourself, but also have compassion that there's sometimes the addiction versus like the healthy choice versus the non-healthy or the taste or some of the thinking around, well, I want my ice cream and why can everyone else eat ice cream and have a full head of hair? Yeah. So I just want to have compassion because I know people that know they should stop using substances, but they can't and they need to get a higher level of help. So I think we're all in this together and we've been on different ways of our own journey of learning what works for us. And I just want to send love and light to anyone that's not there at their optimal health, but have hope that through food, through nutrition, through working with someone that could help you change your perception. I mean, people can change their lives and that's what you're doing. And that's what you and Craig are doing and your family. And I'm like very honored to know you and honored that Charles seems to attract such superstar people in the universe. And I say superstar kind of humbled heroes, 
that have maybe learned from their own health journey. So just, I want to shout out to Charles, but thank you and your husband for all you're doing. Well, thank you. I do hope you have him on because he'll tell you all about the science and you'll have your mind blown. Okay, I will. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to put for September and I'll reach out to you. Can you right now, let me know if there's anything else. I feel like it might be neat to do a little summary about the essential fatty acids. Can we just do the bottom goal, the nuggets before we wrap up? Um, well, you know, reminding everybody, stay away from sugar, remind you that your body is made up of protein, your bones are mineralized protein, your hair, your skin, your nails, you know, you have to eat your protein for all the good skin and getting rid of the sugar. Um, there's essential fatty acids, which come from fat, and there's essential amino acids that come from protein. There are no essential carbohydrates. So you can live without eating carbohydrates and have a lot of energy. Like this energy is on no caffeine. I don't do coffee. Um, it took me a while to get there, but I feel so much better without coffee. Um, but just, you know, everybody's a work in progress. Well, you know, taking one day at a time, you don't have to do it all today. You don't have to do it all tomorrow. But taking little steps to become a better person and a better human in this world is a win-win, you know? Yes. Well, thank you for our time today. You're so inspiring. And can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Thank you so much. Um, If you go to ketomaria.com, you can find just about everything there. You go to the bottom, you'll find our free YouTube. We have free support groups on Facebook. Um, you know, you can find my consulting services. You can find my blog, which has, I've been blogging since blogging first started. So there's thousands and thousands of free recipes, but whatever you're looking for, we have a class coming up in September, which is, uh, just a two hour class. And I guarantee it will change your life. Um, but all of that said, yeah, if you go to ketomaria.com, you'll find it. Yay. Okay. Everyone check out everything that Maria's up to. And thank you for listening and have a great rest of your summer. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Bye. Thank you. Bye.